Hello, hello, and welcome to the Ageless Podcast, hosted by Julie, co-founder and COO of Ageless Fitness Franchise. Ageless Podcast is a health, fitness, and wellness podcast focusing on the science of aging and longevity. All right, welcome back and happy Thursday. I hope that you all had an incredible Thanksgiving. I admittedly last episode had talked about releasing episodes every week and then Thanksgiving came around. So I definitely did not plan that very well, but here we are. We are back in action. I took a few days off for Thanksgiving and uh, for those of you who are also small business owners, you know how hard it is to turn your brain off from your business even after you leave the office and that laptop is closed. You are still thinking all about your business. So it was really nice this past weekend to take some space and allow myself to not think about Ageless for a few days, and I think it really does help revitalize and bring new ideas to the surface. And over here at Ageless, we are really excited. We have a franchisee training week coming up in December where we get to meet our franchisee and help her get everything prepared and feel really ready to go back to her community and open up her Ageless. And we are also uh, bringing on a new team member, which we're really excited about, and um, more will come with that. So just a few updates over here at Ageless HQ. And again, I hope you all had a really nourishing and wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, got some time to take good care of yourself and do whatever it is that you like to do. So today's episode, I wanted to talk about the secret of aging. Now, what's so funny about this is there is no secret, and I'm sure I will go on some tangent in the next few episodes about that, but today I really wanted to talk about the simple pieces of being ageless and and the solutions for that simplicity. So I touched a little bit on how complex uh, solutions for aging really seem to be, and you know, where we should be heading, in my own opinion, is just a focus on happy and healthy aging. I think we're so oversaturated with anti-aging media and marketing and products, but what Ageless is about and, you know, what a lot of my work is about is promoting a more positive and optimistic view of what aging means and what it is, what it looks like, and understanding that it is such a unique and robust experience for each individual that we cannot put it into one box or avoid it. We cannot anti-age ourselves out of aging because we are here and experiencing time in a linear fashion, and with that comes aging. I wanted to share with you a list of tools, and then we're going to dive into the why and just a few of the simple things that you can do to be ageless. Last episode, I also wanted to touch on, I mentioned, uh, for those of you who are really into art, I am so sorry I mispronounced Cezanne's name. I, again, I took French in high school. That was, I won't even tell you how many years ago, and um, I'm clearly rusty. What's so funny is... um, You know, no one corrected me until later, and after listening back, I was so embarrassed I almost wanted to re-record the episode, but maybe one day I will. Bear with me there. I really apologize. I probably butchered a lot of names on there, but I do hope that those stories um, resonated with you a little bit. And if you haven't listened yet, you can listen if you want to, but just know I pronounced uh, uh, the artist's name wrong. (laughs) 
circling back to that topic of simplicity and simple things you can do to be ageless, I'm going to start off with a little story that has interestingly become more and more relevant to me as I continue to develop my career and my education. When I was a child, I began taking ballet classes at around age two or three, and I never stopped after that. I fell in love with it and continued to dance throughout my adolescent and teen years. And when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I changed studios from my local hobby ballet studio to a professional ballet school. I must say that transition really shocked me when I first started because I went from this more expressive environment to a studio where I was required to wear the same uniform and the same leotard as every girl in every class, and the rules were a lot more strict. I also noticed those first few weeks that my classes were awfully repetitive, and that was something I wasn't used to. Every class for four or five days a week included the same routines with the same movements, and it seemed like there was a curriculum that we followed where at certain points in the year we would be introduced to different techniques or a new combination as we progressed. This was a very different environment to me at the time because I was used to a studio that was primarily centered on play, and now I was 10, 11 years old, dancing in a room full of girls who all had the same dream as me to become a professional ballerina. When my goal became more serious, so did the work. And I remember my teacher telling me one day, pulling me aside, because I'm sure my young creative self was antsy and probably dissatisfied or talking a little bit uh, because I wasn't understanding the purpose of this rigid repetition. And I remember him telling me, how do you expect yourself to pursue perfection in this movement without practicing? And of course, as a child, I'm sure I just kind of rolled my eyes and told my parents who then said, yes, we definitely agree with your teacher and uh, keep working hard. <laughs> but I'm sharing this story because as my goals got more serious and as my intention to develop my skills safely and to develop my own expertise in movement, even then as a child with a goal of maybe one day becoming professional, the repetitions became more and more important. And over that first year when I transitioned to that ballet school, I found myself making significant leaps and bounds, and no pun intended, in my skills as a dancer. Now, with the goal of becoming a professional ballerina, the repetition really became invaluable. Each time I repeated a movement, I was training my body and my mind to do it better, to do it safely, to perform it more effectively, and to look better than the time before. And each repetition built up my endurance, so the movements and the combinations that used to have me sweating in the beginning of the year when we would start up, I was repeating and repeating again and again, and it took a lot longer for me to be exerting that same amount of effort later in the year as we built up our repertoire and our endurance and our strength. And this is how our bodies adapt to movement. And this is where that idea of simplicity becomes key. In exercise, this science of repetition is applied in the same way. And at Ageless, we work to condition muscles to perform not just the movements that are required of us in a one-hour dance class, but the movements that we do in the other 167 hours in the week. 
So one of my favorite pieces of advice given to me as a child kind of evolved into that foundation of the ageless fitness philosophy where our strength and fitness is built upon simplicity. When we build ourselves a strong foundation for movement through repetition, then we develop the expert strength and stability in those ranges of motion. So just as in dance, there is a progression to it. There's a progression to exercise. There's a progression to training. An example of this is if someone who has never ran before, you don't have them sign up for a marathon and they just show up there and run, right? You Marathon training, for example, takes a lot of time and energy and effort because you have to build the body up to be able to tolerate that level of movement. And even on another scale, if we look at someone who has never done a squat before or who is just starting exercise for one of the first times in their life, first we need to make sure that you can get up and down out of a chair, sit in a chair and stand back up again. And then if you can sit in a chair and stand back up again 10 times, then maybe you can do one squat holding on to something for support. And if you can do 10 squats with a support, then maybe you can do one squat unsupported. And it progresses from there. So one easy way to be ageless is to keep things simple. The movements that we want to improve are often the movements that we aren't doing or that we are avoiding. And that is why having a trainer or an expert eye is really essential for someone who wants to reach their movement goals at any stage of life. A lot of scientific literature also discusses this concept of exercise progression or what we sometimes hear referred to as progressive overload. In the world of bodybuilding and muscle hypertrophy, meaning where we're building as much muscle mass and getting as big as possible, progressive overload is often used as a technique for individuals to continue to gain muscle mass. But this technique is applicable to all kinds of movement. Our bodies are constantly adapting to the environment, to stress, to nutrients that we're providing it, and our body takes those nutrients that we take in it takes what it needs and it discards the rest. So our body builds muscle where it needs the strength and it atrophies where it's not being used. This is why a diverse amount of training can be really beneficial for people who are looking for an overall sense of wellness and strength. Progressive overload and that concept does provide a continuous challenge. So it gives the body an ever moving finish line we just keep inching that finish line further and further away which encourages the muscular and skeletal adaptations associated with exercise the way i often like to describe this is if you are you know creating this resistance or pulling on your muscles and telling them hey i need you for this movement over time the body learns oh wow you need this muscle and this muscle group quite a bit first it starts to develop more strength in those muscles and simultaneously our muscles are anchored onto our bones. Our muscles are what move our bones around and so because those muscles are stronger the body also needs to deposit more bone where those muscles insert because we need to have stronger bones with the force that the muscle can now provide, right? Because we don't want a, such a strong bicep but not a very strong humerus bone to where the humerus breaks when the bicep flexes. So the body puts strength into the muscles and also reinforces bone to adapt to exercise. So that 
theory of progressive overload encourages those adaptations over time. The National Academy of Sports Medicine talks about progressive overload as an incremental increase in resistance or difficulty. And I really like that definition because it does boil it down to its simplicity. Progressive overload programs, especially in other areas like competitive bodybuilding uh, and, and really work, people focusing on muscle hypertrophy, getting as big as possible, their progressive overload goals will look differently compared to someone who is looking to be ageless. And uh, that means that those programs can change, but the, the definition there I really like from the National Academy of Sports Medicine, because really that's all it is. It's an incremental increase in resistance or difficulty of the exercise. When we apply this strategy to exercise, or really, it, you know, I can speak most, of course, at what we do here at Ageless, is this looks like an increasing of resistance, of increasing repetitions of a movement, or changing the tempo of an exercise to add more challenge. In one of the earlier episodes, I talked a little bit about the muscular and uh, biomechanics of movement and how our muscles contract and shorten as well as they can be contracted as they lengthen. We talked about concentric and eccentric tension and spending various times in these phases of movement can make, um, you know, exercise harder. And I mention this because also some clients have teased me over the years that each session we always do, for example, a bilateral row. This exercise is because it's a routine that works and we need that repetition in the same way we need that repetition in a ballet class or in soccer practice or in baseball. We, we need those, or in running, right? We, we need those repetitions so we can develop the strength, stability, and endurance to safely do these movements out in the world. I also tease back sometimes because how often are, are you going around doing an upright row movement consciously throughout the day, but strengthening those muscles in the back can be really helpful in the upper back for posture support and uh, assisting in things like opening car doors and moving groceries around and things like that. When it comes to that type of progressive overload, for example, a repetitive movement like a row, this works because we don't have to change the movement every session. Their proof in someone improving in this movement can look like a number of things. It can look like an increase in resistance tolerance, being able to move more weight or more resistance. It can look like someone being able to do more repetitions and having more endurance at the same weight they started. And it can also look like just someone self-reporting, they feel less challenged. At Ageless Fitness, we have experts that help identify the musculature and the movements that need the most work, and we design programs and their progressions from there. Each person anatomically, of course, is, is different, and we do have patterns of movement that we as people develop over time, but an Ageless Fitness expert is able to take a look at each individual and, and for example, you know, speak to the listener, you, and your unique movement, your unique biomechanics, and identify which muscle groups would benefit from more work, more strength, more endurance, and things like that. In that same vein of keeping it simple, establishing a really consistent routine is another way you can easily integrate ageless habits into your life. And I realize I say the word easy and truly 
forming long-term habits can be very challenging. But one thing that we talk about when we speak with clients about starting a new habit is I always recommend they begin with tying their new habit into an existing habit. I've talked a little bit about this, I think, in another episode, but it's easier for us to associate something new with something that already exists. For example, um, you, you know, if, if you want to start, you know, a lot of people, right, if they want to start flossing more, and that's often a, a common New Year's resolution outside of exercise, you tie it into when you brush your teeth. If brushing your teeth is a regular habit, it's pretty easy. If you've got that floss right there next to you, you just start and the first you know, couple weeks or months, it's maybe something that you feel you have to really get yourself to do. But then after that, it usually becomes an integrated part of your routine. We are creatures of habit. And so when someone is also looking to start a new exercise program, I recommend people develop a routine with their trainer. And that can look like a routine time or an appointment that's frequent or standing. It can look like a routine where you stop on the way back and pick up your groceries for the week. Tying that new habit into an existing routine can be a really useful way to get started and make it a little harder to fall off the wagon. With the flossing example I used, if there's a couple days that you don't floss, and that floss is sitting right there next to your toothbrush, you are going to start remembering, shoot, I should start flossing again. In the same way, if you tie your routine of going to work with your trainer or going to your exercise class, visiting Ageless Fitness, of course, I hope that's where you choose. But if you tie that into an existing habit, you're going to start associating the existing habit with going and working out, and it will be a little bit harder to, to ignore. And this is a good thing to consider, especially as the end of the year approaches. And that's often a time where we start to reflect on the last year and want to look forward to where we see beneficial change in the next year. Another piece of simplicity is that we really just don't need to make things overly complex. This can really be applied to almost everything, but a few I'll highlight is when we talk about diet and I'm not a registered dietitian. I do not give nutritional advice outside of simply sharing what we know and what I know from the scientific literature. Because really, if you have specific goals, I'll put a disclaimer here. Please do speak with a registered dietitian. They are phenomenal and very, very knowledgeable in understanding your specific needs and can help you develop a great plan of care and uh, habit changes for dietary change if you are looking for that. But if you just are looking to eat a little healthier or have kind of an overall shift, just keep in mind that it does not have to be complex. Often the uncomfortable part of change and of working toward agelessness is the fact that there is no quick cure. There is no magic pill you can take. It really is the result of dedicated consistency and simplicity that is doable. I think another piece is it's so easy to start something and stop it, right? And all of us are guilty of this. Even look at my podcast episode release times, right? It's, it's starting a new habit took time. And that's okay. We can allow ourselves a plenty of grace in that. But we also want to create habits and changes in our lives that are doable. And we don't have to make them messy and, and overcomplicated. 
So when it comes to diet, a couple things that we know is more intake of fruits and vegetables is always a good thing. Decreasing red meat has been found to be beneficial for reducing cardiovascular disease risk as well as individuals in the blue zones who statistically live longer than the average life expectancy are also consuming less red meat. Engaging in making meals sociable and uh, enjoyable, creating community and significance around meals rather than distracted eating has also been seen to help people eat less as well as eat more nourishing meals and, and have a healthier relationship with meal times. Uh, we also see that Diets like the Mediterranean diet have been proven in both larger studies and studies in uh, critters like rats that a, uh, a Mediterranean diet compared to the standard American diet is more beneficial for reducing comorbidities uh, such as cardiovascular disease, metabolic diseases, and that Mediterranean diet really is centered around simplicity, uh, simple grains and, and legumes, things like that, that are whole. Uh, having abundant vegetables in the diet, less red meat intake, more fish, more poultry, uh, abundance of olive oil and nuts and seeds, as well as a little bit of wine if that's your style and, um, you know, an overall kind of seasonal eating in a way. That's been seen to be really beneficial for longevity. The key to simplifying these habits is to take the pressure off. You know, we, we have access to so many different complicated solutions, but the reality is if we move more, we eat a little better, we enjoy our lives a little more, you've got it. That's, that is the equation for agelessness. There is a lot of sexiness around using terms like biohacking and hacking yourself and, you know, um, anti-aging, what this and that. But really, it does boil down to the consistent work and that's harder than it sounds you know I, I can simplify it and boil it down and say look you know buy the vegetables take a walk join a gym find a great trainer find community but that is often a lot easier said than done I don't want to minimize that but it's also important to know that it really is in us taking that full responsibility and doing the work that we yield the best results. And this is also seen in older adults that live longer when we're talking centenarians, people who are feeling great and have a very simple medical health history, you know, aren't dealing with a lot of comorbidities or health problems in their 80s, 90s, and 100s. They often have shown either a commitment to these changes or just have simply been born into a, a culture or a environment or a geographical location that fosters these type of simple behaviors and, and promotes that type of longevity living. A couple other things that can be a simple change is... Things like stress management. Now, simple in theory, yes. In application, let me know if you figure that out and send me your secrets. <laughs> stress management is shown now we're finding that individuals, again, in those blue zones who are living longer, typically have less stress or they're living a less stressful lifestyle. And we do know that there is this health effect of chronic stress. 
Stress can be a result of a lot of things. For example, exercise is considered a positive stress. I'm not talking about all stress, but we do need to have a healthy balance, enough that our bodies and our cells, at the cellular and biological level, when we really get down into there, into the microscopic biochemical reactions of our bodies, we want a adaptable amount of stress. We want stress that allows our cells to become more resilient, to become more efficient, to perform well, but we don't want such a degree of stress that we start to overcompensate and it makes us sick. So stress management has been found in these blue zones. People with lower levels of stress are living longer. This can look like creating more routine, right? That can really help with stress management creating community, having people to lean on and people to talk to, having support systems and having places to feel seen and feel heard can be a really big part of stress management. Another piece too, when we go back to the exercise element, as that is definitely more my expertise, is if you think about a high level athlete, they stick to the fundamentals. Uh, You know, back to that ballet story, I have probably done you know, I, I, I haven't danced in a very, very, very long time. Um, I stopped when I was a teenager, but I probably in that amount of time did over 10,000 plies easily. And that 10,000 number, you, you know, I, I know we hear about that. That's what makes you an expert, but it's because of that repetition. It, we develop expertise and strength in that movement. For athletes, they also stick to the fundamentals. Many athletes who are high performing, who are at the Olympic level, will work on weight training for specific muscle groups. They will work on endurance training. They will develop the skills and the muscular support that they need to perform their sport at the highest possible level. The routines that we develop become routine is a a great way to put it. Having that specific goal and often a trainer, for example, at Ageless, that is what we do. We help identify those muscle groups that we want to target. But working on those movements, working on the movements that are important to you, working toward the level of fitness that is important to the lifestyle that you envision yourself having and maintaining is essential to having that agelessness. And the great thing is our bodies are excellent at adapting No matter your age, no matter where you're at, no matter what your baseline is, there is room to improve. It is never too late to start. And a space like Ageless Fitness is a space where you are not judged. You are welcome there no matter where you're starting. We are there to meet you where you're at and help you reach your goals. And I think that's a really important element because we want those routines to establish, but we want them to feel positive. We want them to feel encouraging and we want to feel empowered, especially when it comes to exercise routines. Additionally, just a side note, a couple years ago, I was attending a webinar at the American College of Sports Medicine's conference, uh, and this this was when it was virtual, and there was a phenomenal speaker. Uh, if I remember her name, I will uh, put it in the show notes, but she spoke on the value of gamification of exercise, and when we make it a game, when we have fun, when we play, no matter our age, we often will work harder We will perceive that we are not working as hard as when we're not having fun. And um, it really, people will adhere to a program a lot better when they're having a good time. And so that is also a really important element of our ageless fitness design is to make exercise fun and to have that camaraderie and that joy and that playfulness element. So that way, again, that routine becomes your routine. 
I'd also like to touch on the fact that, especially in this wellness and health and fitness space, we often see a lot of people with influence that are selling you on their lifestyle. They will talk about, you know, oh, here I am and, you know, who knows. They'll, they'll show off their incredible accomplishments. They'll, they'll show off their seemingly never-ending fountain of youth. But the truth is those are lifestyles that they're selling and you don't get to peek behind the curtain and see that a lot of what that comes from is that degree of consistency and simplicity. No matter where you're starting, simplifying your routine and just boiling it down to the basics is a great way to start and it's a great way, even if you're well into a great established routine, having a moment to boil things down and really take a look at the essentials and check yourself and see if you're still touching in on those. I know that this isn't a secret sauce episode. And again, the the most challenging part is that this is not something that we can do overnight. It is not, you know, having that sense of agelessness or working toward being ageless, whatever that means to you, is not something that we develop overnight, but it is a process that we nurture day after day, year after year over time. And we also adapt to whatever other external things and things we can't control. We adapt to those as they come at us. That is often the hardest place because it requires a lot of accountability and a lot of responsibility on ourselves. And I know it's often easy for us to externalize and, and blame other people or, or you know, try to, try to find a way to shortcut it. But if you do keep it simple, I recommend it and see where, where, see where it takes you. Um, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Get out there. Enjoy some fresh air if you can. And uh, again, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I do know how valuable it is. And uh, go out there and be ageless. If you are interested in learning more about opening an ageless fitness franchise in your community, please visit our franchising website at agelessfitnessfranchise.com. And if you are looking to see our upcoming locations and our current locations, you can check us out at agelessfitness.us. Thank you.